0: Hello and welcome to Natural Health Simplified, where we help you cut through the noise and provide simple science-based strategies to help you live a healthy life. I'm Pam Stone and my co-host Leslie Braun, Director of Blackmore's Institute, is again joining us on the line. Now today, we're going to talk about omega-3 fatty acids, which seem to enjoy a superstar status, but what's it all about? So what are they? Do we really need them? And what benefits will we get?
1: Pam, as you know, omega-3 fatty acids are one of my favorite subjects to talk about (laughs) because there's so much science around it. In fact, it is one of those ingredients that we did a lot of research on at the hospital with our patients. Mm. So because they're amongst the most scientifically researched natural ingredients, we've got a lot of um, understanding and knowledge around it. And in fact, it has been shown to have a wide range of benefits in areas such as supporting a healthy cardiovascular system, good brain function, eye health, relieving joint pain, good skin, and even there's been some evidence showing its role with mood disturbances.
0: Okay, well, that is an impressive list. So how can one thing, one ingredient, possibly provide so many benefits?
1: Well, let's start with understanding what is an essential fatty acid. Um, so to set the scene, we have two main groups of what we call essential fatty acids. And they are essential because our bodies can't make them. So we have to get them from our diet. Mm-hmm. The two main essential fatty acids that we think about for good health are omega-3 and omega-6. mm mm-hmm. And the thing we need to be thinking about here is also balance. So research suggests that the ideal ratio between the amount of omega-6 and the omega-3 we take in our diets should be around four to one. So that's four times as much omega-6 to omega-3. Okay. But um, the typical Western diet, it's more like? 10 to 1 or even higher. Mm. (laughs) So I guess there's two ways of looking at that. One is that we don't get enough omega-3s, but on the other hand, we have an oversupply of the omega-6s. So the ratio is out of whack. Mm. And what that means is if you've got way too many omega-6s in your diet compared to omega-3s, you tip the balance in terms of inflammation and you tip it towards more inflammation rather than less. And we now know that inflammation long-term has got a role in many different types of chronic diseases.
0: Mm, Okay, so this is sounding interesting. So let's start with the omega-3s. Can you tell us about them?
1: So the omega-3 fatty acids are an important part of every single cell membrane, which is the outer wall of every cell in the body and there's about 30 trillion of them oh, so good. <laughs> it's everywhere <laughs> they they keep our cell membranes flexible and fluid and permeable so they can function properly mm-hmm. but they also reduce inflammation so in reducing inflammatory activities they promote healthy blood flow and also help to maintain a healthy cholesterol and triglyceride level in the blood mm. so if you think about that they're important for every single cell that means every single tissue in the body you can see how important they are to good health mm. But the two key ones that we talk about a lot when it comes to omega-3s are EPA and DHA. Mm. And you find both of them together naturally in foods like fish, mainly seafood and marine plants, mm. which is why fish oil is become synonymous with omega-3 fatty acids.
0: So we're talking fish and fish oil. I'm just wondering if there's any other option for vegetarians or people that don't like fish or vegans.
1: Yeah, look, it's not as easy for vegetarians, clearly, and vegans, because they're not going to be having their fish sources, and Mm. they may not be liking liking, um, fish oil supplements either. Mm. So there is another source of omega-3 called ALA, and you do find this in some plants. So things like flaxseed oil, walnuts, chia seeds, and pumpkin seeds. Mm. They're not quite as powerful, though, as the um, ones that you find from fish oil, because the body needs to convert this ALA into EPA. So- With official, you take the EPA in directly, Mm. but with these vegetarian sources, your body's got to convert it from ALA to EPA. So, there is a step involved there and it's not that efficient. So, um, whilst vegetarians do get omega-3s from those sources, Mm. it's not nearly as effective as getting it from fish oil sources.
0: Mm. Okay. So, let's develop this a bit more. So, maybe for the omega-6 group, uh, it's good to know a bit more about them. It sounds like we need them, but we might be overdoing it generally. Yeah. So, can you we do need yeah. So can you elaborate a bit more on them and perhaps what foods to look out for?
1: Yeah, look, omega-6 fatty acids are important for growth and development as well. Mm. They're also a source of energy, but the idea here is that ratio and often we have, in, we have way too much in our diet. Mm. So um, you do find omega-6s in processed foods and vegetable oils. So meat, eggs, nuts and cereals also contain omega-6s. So it's really rare to get a deficiency if you think about you know, the common Western diet, but like we said before, it's all about the ratio. Too much omega six and not enough omega three is will we run into
0: problems. Right. So how do we know if we get and if we're getting enough omega threes? When you look
1: at the research, um, it's like so many other things that the dose that you use needs to be appropriate for the indication for use. Mm-hmm. So in some for some conditions you actually need much higher levels. And for other conditions you need lower levels. Mm. So for example, for supporting healthy heart function, the National Heart Foundation recommends that we consume about five hundred milligrams a day of omega-3 fatty acids, mm-hmm. which which really isn't much. You know, eating two to three thirds of deep-sea oily fish a week, and, and you're there. Mm-hmm. So fairly low levels. Um, but having said that, there was a survey that came through fairly recently that showed about 80% of us are not getting enough omega-3s.
0: Mm, wow. So, okay.
1: So even though it's only two mm, or three serves mm. a week, most people aren't
0: even doing that. And I suppose fish fingers don't really cut it.
1: Look, I've got to say, I do love a fish finger, but it's not going to be enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So also something I've been wondering, what's the difference between fish oil and cod liver oil? Uh, That's a great question.
1: Well, cod liver oil, as you'd imagine, comes from the liver of a codfish. Mm -hmm. Now, it does contain a little bit of EPA and DHA, but usually only about half the amount of the normal fish oil supplements. Um, But the other thing about cod liver oil, which makes it a little bit different, is it's a really good source of vitamins A and D. Mm. Because you find A and D does concentrate in the liver. So obviously, Cod liver oil will contain vitamin A and D, which is good because it's hard to get vitamin A and D in the diet generally,
0: but um, it won't be the best way to get your omega-3 needs met though. Okay, right. So actually another question, coming back to being a vegetarian or a vegan, or maybe you're allergic to fish, so is is there a way of getting those omega-3s beyond what you've mentioned um, with the dietary sources earlier?
1: Well, there's a new source of omega-3 that people are using these days and it's Mm. in um, microalgal oil. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, the microalgae found in the sea is what a lot of the fish eat and they then become good sources of omega-3s themselves. But you can go directly to the microalgae And get some omega-3 there. And in fact, we're finding that with the number of the microalgae available at the moment, you can get EPA and DHA here. And it does produce similar health benefits to the fish or omega-3. So for people who are concerned about having fish supplements, um, the microalgae option is the way to go.
0: So the fish eat the microalgae and load up on their omega-3s and we eat the fish. So therefore, how concerned should we be about mercury levels in fish?
1: It is something a lot of people are concerned about. And in fact, the Food Standards of Australia and New Zealand are recommending two to three serves per week of certain fish like salmon, sardines, herring and rainbow trout. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But they do pick up on those fish that do tend to accumulate mercury a little bit more. And those are those bigger, long-living fish. So swordfish and flake mm. and deep-sea perch, um, they tend to have higher levels of mercury than sardines and salmon and rainbow trout. Mm. So, um, just having less of those is important. And considering a good quality fish oil supplement is the way to go for people who are concerned. You find that the good quality fish oil supplements are sourced from small fish species. And these are the fish that accumulate the least amount of toxins and heavy metals. Also, they're sustainably sourced. They're rigorously tested for mercury as well and pesticides. So, they're really clean from that perspective And the other thing to think about is obviously safety in pregnancy, so particularly important if you are pregnant to avoid those fish that are known to be higher in mercury because there are some links to some detrimental effects in growing fetuses.
0: Okay, so really, omega-3s have emerged as the stars and you've mentioned mm. some and you have mentioned some of their key roles. Is there any particular age group that might benefit more from taking omega-3s?
1: Well omega-3s are important throughout every single life stage. Uh, We know they're particularly highly concentrated in the brain, also the retina of the eye, and we know that they're important for normal growth and development. We know that they're very important for the development of babies and children, Mm -hmm. but it even starts before that as sufficient intakes of omega-3 in pregnancy are also essential for the growing fetus. So really, at every single stage, starting from pregnancy in the Mm -hmm. womb all the way through, there's a really important role
0: of omega-3 intake. Wow. Leslie, thank you for these fascinating insights, that's for sure. And there's obviously a a lot of important information and research to support all this. So can we come back to this topic in our next podcast? It would be great to look into the science and how to apply it. Uh, I'd love that, particularly looking at it in terms of the life stages, because we've only just scratched the surface when it comes to fish oils. And I guess it's fish on the menu for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You've been listening to Natural Health Simplified, powered by Blackmoors Institute. Thanks for joining us today. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, we'd love to hear from you. So please do get in touch at info at blackmoorsinstitute.org. I'm Pam Stone. Thanks for listening.